0: Praise the Lord, folks. The Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's wonderful to have Jesus here, isn't it? Yes. Amen. makes all the difference. And I just appreciate so much what I heard, Sister Gwen, this morning. Since the spirit, <clears throat> the sincerity behind it. And uh, just to be in your presence and walk in here... Yesterday, with the prayer going on, and I felt um, a sincere spirit of people permeating this atmosphere, and I'm very grateful for that, and I deeply, deeply respect that. It has an humbling effect, and that itself generates a uh, heart searching of its own. It comes back to us, it makes us to want to be sure that we are. Uh, on the right target and that that our attitude and our motivation is correct and right. While you're still standing, I want to say with uh, utmost sincerity that I deeply, deeply appreciate the purpose transactions of this meeting. I've heard of it, and I uh, am in accord with it because I know that the future of uh, the church is wrapped up in the youthfulness of the movement and uh, I have great respect for the uh, young men I appreciate my grandsons that are in the ministry I uh, I appreciate every young man, the sincerity that I find and feel in them and uh, the time that I have to spend with them when I have that and I thank God for you. I appreciate so much. Your message last night, Brother Morgan, was so great. Oh, yeah. Indeed. And I thank God for that. Praise God. So, Lord, we give ourselves to you all over again. I want to be out of the way. I don't want any of self, dear Lord, to dirty this moment. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. All right, you may be seated. Praise God. September the 11th, 201 will never be forgotten by people of the United States of America. We were blasted across the threshold of a, a new experience at that time into a different future. The future of the United States was changed in a matter of minutes and never be the same. And nine months after the uh, this particular tragedy, the Twin Tower debacle, there was assessments made and the realization dawned upon the leadership that the entire spectrum of America's future had to be regarded in light of different reality. And so nine months passed and on June of 2002, Dr. James Canton was chairman of the Institute for Global Future received a call from Washington, D.C. And so the short of it was that he and a few more people involved in futuristic thinking and so on in the United States was called to Washington to meet with the president. These men <clears throat> introduced themselves to each other and sat and talked uh, mutely uh, in the meeting room and suddenly the uh, door Swung open, the President of the United States strode in. They stood, and uh, then he uh, permitted, gave them permission to be seated. He came straight to the point, and in time, in a very humble way, he simply stated We know that we do not have all the answers. We need you to help us to discern. A different future. We need you to help us to discern a different future because the future we see now is not the future we saw a year ago. So <clears throat> the blessings of God and the direction of God, not a tragedy that brings us to this moment, but the very purpose and will of God brings us to this particular moment that we discern a different future. And uh, it is before us. We have come to this meeting uh, with God's help to do that as individuals and to see it in the light of what God has in mind and what His intent is for us and also what uh, the Spirit uh, is using and what works and, and doesn't work. Ronald Reagan, in his 10 year of service, and the great stress of uh, managing the uh, international uh, tragedies and uh, stress between ourselves and Russia at that particular time. Communism was strong in Europe and East and West. Uh, Germany was a firm uh, reality. But in visiting uh, West Germany in time in Berlin, he came to the wall. It was a symbol of the dividing of of these two particular ideologies. It was a privilege of my wife and myself to go behind the Iron Curtain at a time when there was an Iron Curtain. And To see the difference in the two worlds, what the particular different ideologies d- between democracy and communism, the type of lifestyle it had produced, it was it was an eye opener, and we we saw the difference between the two. The president was overwhelmed with the uh, <clears throat> stubbornness of the of the whole debacle, and so he, he almost shouted and. As he finished his speech and turning to the wall that he made the speech by, he turned back to the uh, uh, German people and says, tear this wall down, tear this wall down. And said, It needs to come down. It needs to come down now. So leadership has a way, true leaders have a way of sensing. A threshold, when they come to it. You take Martin Luther, uh, who had, as a black man, suffered the indignities that were brought upon these people for a long period of time. And so there came a time in his life that he had to make a decision in his own self. I step out front. I opened my mouth, I put my everything on the line, and he get, He felt deep down that now was the time. No one forgets the calm voice of this young man who spoke for about 30 minutes on the steps of the Capitol in Washington, D.C., I have a dream. And it was that dream that brought him to that place. And that dream that finally caused his death. I want to say this. Brethren, that a real dream, a real vision, does not guarantee your personal survival. It doesn't. But there are some things more important than me. And there are some things more important than you. As David said. When his brothers turned to him with their scorn. In his answer to their uh, accusations. Referring him back to the sheep in a very derogatory way. His only explanation was. Is there not a cause? And. And. That cause was felt deep enough and strong enough for that 15-year-old boy that it was strong enough to take the head off the giant. And so a cause is, is a, a tremendous thing. It's bigger than me, a correct cause, and it's bigger than you. These particular concepts that move people, nations and so on, is what we uh, wish to talk about here today. We remain in harmonious step with God by keeping in mind God's original purpose. What is important to God? What is it that uh, moves the heart of God? What is it that breaks the heart of God? And what is it? I'd like uh, to refer right now to something that is extremely important in the sixth uh, chapter of uh, Matthew. Prayer is uh, obviously a very important thing. The disciples uh, had prayed. They knew something about prayer, the nation that quite a few people prayed in that nation. It was possibly formal, but uh, when they heard Jesus pray and they saw what prayer did to him and so on, uh, in time, they humbly said, Lord, teach us to pray. How shall we pray? And so his answer came back in the sixth chapter of Matthew, in the ninth verse. It was simple. He said, When you pray, pray after this manner Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Recognition of God personally, the reverence paid. To his, his name. Let's all say name. Let's say it again. Name. Hey my brother. That is important. How often do you find that word name. In this Bible. It is identity. It uh, When a person. Shrinks from identity. When they don't want to be named. When they don't want to be identified. There's something wrong. Almighty God did not shrink back from identity. He named himself. And he he put that out front. He didn't bat an eye. And we should not shrink back from it either. That name is important. Praise God. Hallowed be thy name. Now comes the first petition of the prayer. And that's as far as we go because we must deduct that its being the first petition to God was the most important petition. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I would like for us all together right at this time to repeat the opening words that, uh, of that prayer. Let's all put it together. Let's put our hands up. And pray it. Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. In earth as it is in heaven. Praise God. And he said after this manner pray. I want you to put that first. I want that to be your first priority. The calls, And that to. Uh, It's more important than you are. Amen. A very, very important thing. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I'd like just to uh, take a brief look at God's original intent. And for a a little while here this morning, I think it would be well if uh, we could see and discern God's what he wanted out of this creation anyway. What uh, what was his purpose? What was he trying to prove to even let there be an earth and for there be people upon this earth? What What is the end result supposed to be? Yes, what is the finality supposed to produce and so on? So <clears throat> here when it came to the producing of mankind In the 26th verse of the first chapter of Genesis. And God said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness. And this is the reason. This is the purpose. And let them have dominion. Let's all say dominion. Dominion over the fish of the sea. Dominion over the fowl of the air. Dominion over the cattle. Dominion over all the earth. Dominion over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. That mankind is supposed to have dominion over all of those particular life styles and evidences. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male, female, created he them. And God blessed them. And this is what he told them to do. Be fruitful. I want you not to be simply a resider. I want you to be a producer. I want you to be a creator. I want you to leave places and things in better shape when you leave them than when you found them. I want you to be fruitful. God wants that for everybody sitting here. God wants for everybody sitting here. God wants that for the old man standing before you. The longest day I live. He wants me to be a producer. He wants me to always be turning out something that is worthwhile. Yes, sir. He wants to be fruitful. And, uh, multiply I want you to be an increaser I want you to replenish the earth I want you to make it a better place I want you to leave situations better when you leave them than when you found them listen friend it is a sad sad thing when preachers destroy churches instead of build churches I have met church destroyers instead of church builders. Yes, sir. And that is bad. It hurts me to say that. That is not the way it is supposed to be. Be fruitful and multiply. Amen. Yes, sir. This is the purpose of God. What God wishes. What God wants for every one of us. Replenish there. And subdue it, yes sir, take charge, Uh, overcome the eventualities that you may find where you, uh, when you, you travel through the earth, subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, have dominion over the fowl of the air. Have dominion over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Hey, I am reading words here of strength, of power, of command. I am reading words where Almighty God tells us to take a position of responsibility. Amen. That we become responsible. Amen. Assume that responsibility. And that is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do everything that we possibly can to leave a situation better shape when we leave it than when we found it. Amen. And that we are that kind of people. This is the very direction that God gives to humanity in the beginning. And this is the assignment that comes down on my head and on your head. And that is what God's expecting of J.T. Pugh. And what God is expecting of the fellow that's sitting between your elbows today. Praise God. That you are to be uh, that kind of a person. Amen. Did you know what that kind of assignment, uh, what kind of a situation it brings us into? It brings us into a the realization that, that continuously... We should be thinking things and searching for thoughts and, and so on that improve us and make us a better person and a more efficient person and uh, that can transact God's expectations in us in a better way. Amen. So, he left the, the earth in man's hands. He gave man charge of it. He assigned Earth to the care of man, and Earth became God's assignment to man. It became man's responsibility, and uh, that was what God was expecting of uh, of mankind. Uh, it was God's intent that he uh, uh, he take care of it, because this was the beginning of a kingdom that God envisioned upon the earth. So let us pray the first part of the Lord's Prayer again. Shall we put up our hands? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. God created the world for a purpose. Because sin did not begin with the Garden of Eden. Evil was not introduced in the Garden of Eden. Evil was pre-time. Back in the aeons prior, something happened in heaven. And a third part of the angels, according to the good word of God, was cast out. Lucifer himself was the leader of the rebellion against God. And he was thrown, they were thrown out of heaven. Now listen to me carefully. God is the epitome of honesty and fairness. And God is love. God does not have an ego to scratch like we often do. And so God set about to rectify the situation and to clear himself of a charge that Luther had brought against him. What that charge was, I don't know. But it was sufficient enough and he separated a third part of the angels. How could he do it? Listen carefully. Because God is so absolutely fair. And he is so honest and so on. And even angels have a choice. And he, he, he does not throw them into concrete, but they can choose or not choose and so on. And so the third part, made their choice and uh, separate themselves. God let them do it because, and so God said, we're going to rectify the situation. And mankind is the answer. Mankind is the answer. So much responsibility. Again, creatures with a choice. Placed in an environment where Satan himself has access to them. People of free will. Out of this particular jeopardy we're going to put together a jury that will try me in time to come. And that I will be cleared Of this charge. And I will not clear myself. But. I will be cleared. By my own creation. Amen. And he will have every advantage. And so on. So. Here we go. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to. We're going to. Have another kingdom. Heaven is. And man, it was going to be in charge of it. Absolute dominion. How often that word is used here. Jewish diction over it. What a wonderful world. It's yours. Here it is. Dominion over sea, over the fowls, over the cattle. And ever creeping thing. Dominion, dominion. Hey, sometimes we forget that. But in the gizzard of everyone here today if we are are normal there is that feeling of dominion that there are some areas of life that I am supposed to control and that I am responsible for I am not here as, as an eternal child but that I am responsible We feel that deep inside of us. That we are in charge of something. That there is a segment of life. That uh, we have to answer for. Praise God. Dominion. And so. God placed man in that particular mold. When he made him. And placed him in the garden of Eden. So. Here's the transfer of power and authority from God to man and from heaven to earth, from the unseen to the seen, and uh, it it comes into reality. And Man was given the power of attorney to act on behalf of God. What leeway, what, what risk, and so on. praise God let's pray that prayer our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven you talk about the calls that David referred to there's something about what we're talking about today that says yell God I'm with you. It's going to be done. Praise God. It's going to turn out all right. And finally, in that great getting up morning, friend, when all the drama is played out and chips are down, and uh, uh, God's people come home, and there they are, Jesus. Ask the question. Know ye not that you shall judge angels? And uh, so on. Why can't you take care of the smallest thing among you? So on. It's going to come a time, friend, that the church of the living God is, is going to look angels in the face. Because they have come out of a dirty world. Out of the slimy places. And they made their choices. And they are able to say, God You were right and he was wrong. wrong. Amen. I was there, devil. I lived in your world. I was there where the drinks were all in every place and all the lying and all the filth and the lewdness and so on. I chose him. Amen. You're wrong. Praise God. Praise God. And the thing, the whole scenario is going to be so crystal clear and apparent until every knee shall bow and every knee, tongue shall confess that he is lord amen and thank god it's god is from since long ago it's going to stand in absolute unquestionable right and authority and absolutely God more clearly and absolute than ever before and the church has helped make it so praise God amen and there will begin another scenario another unfolding of God's program what is beyond that I don't know but there will be a new heaven and a new earth and there would be the tremendous cleansing and the new earth. The new earth would be different. The Bible said in there was no more sea. It won't have a sea. Why not a sea? Because that earth won't need it. The energy of this present world is driven and generated by only three elements. Only three one is air the next is heat and the next is water these are the only three elements of climate and only those three elements can produce you a hurricane they can produce you a tornado or they can produce you a beautiful quite sunny day amen and god you know, God's a good engineer, praise God, to figure all of that out. It just, it's just simple like, you know, all I, I need three elements, and I'll do all of this stuff with it and and so on. I have been in planes that have come down over beautiful, soft-looking clouds, and they had to fly through these clouds in order to get down into the elevation that would finally put the wheels on the runway. But when they went through those beautiful soft clouds, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. because that cloud was full of energy, you couldn't see it. Strange thing, you see. So, but on this new earth, the entire ecology is cleansed, and there's no pollution, and and it's different, and you do not need the kind of energy that it takes to run this earth we are living on now and so and there was no more sea the bible said we're headed for that earth and look folks that earth will be given back to redeemed people praise god and jesus says this that in my father's house and that's old english Reference there. If you were long in England, you'd hear about the house of John, the house of so and so. It's the state. The Bible is saying, On my father's estate, there are many mansions. What kind of a place will this earth be? Wow, prim, beautiful. And did you know what the Bible said? (coughs) That there will be the people. Of God today that will reign with him, not in heaven, but on this earth. Amen. Jesus said, well, some will have charge over ten cities. Some over this many cities and so on. That fits my feeling real good. I've heard about, you know, read about heaven and all since a child I've heard about, you know, sit down beside the river a million years, and you know. Well, I think that's, well, I, I'd like that for a couple of hours. But, um, and uh, there's fish in there, you know. It, it's longer than that. But but a million years, you know, I don't know about that. Praise God. I'd like to get on with something else. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's going to be a lot of stuff to be getting on. There's enterprises, there's activity, and you have dominion. Hey! Talking to people here today, you fellas are not supposed to be little pantyways situations. There is a certain toughness, insightfulness, and so on that's supposed to belong to us, and we are to be creators in the image of God. And we should take this stuff that's between our ears and so on and make it the best that we possibly can. Feel driven to do it, obligated to do it. I must take this stuff and make myself the best that I possibly can. Amen. Twelve blocks from our home is the University of Texas of Permian Basin. And I have access to the library and it's a blessing. What wonderful time in that library. What a nice place and just what great study arrangements. I look forward to time there. Say, old man, what are you doing in there? And so, I don't know. I just know this as I'm supposed to be here digging. I'm supposed to be here trying. I got a lot to learn. Amen. Praise God. Let's get on with it. Praise God. Praise God. I've heard of some people when they think of a particular proposition it might be a little far out statement I can't conceive of such and such a thing Uh, thoughts are conceptions of the spirit just as a child is conceived in the womb of a woman some of the greatest things that move the world has been conceived in the hearts of people like a child is conceived hearts of a woman in the womb of a woman. And as time goes by, that thought develops. And just as the woman feels a stirring of that infant in time in her womb, you feel that thing grow inside of you and other things are added to it. And, and there comes the time that it's to produce and that it's you give To the thing, and the die is cast, and church is built, and whatever else is done. And folks come and they look, and they are, Oh, hey, hey, brother, man, did a good job. Listen, listen, it's not unusual for the birther of such to. He's not getting the charge that these people get. He has pre-lived it. He has experienced it ahead of time. He has he has leaped ahead of the calendar. He saw it in the visions of his expectation. This is a kind of person or creature that God put together. When he put together people like God, as God created the earth, that he also can create, so that man is not satisfied without creation, without putting it together. Not far from Odessa, Texas, is a town. It's a nice sized little town. And it has Several thousand people, 30,000, 40,000 people, plenty big enough to produce a sizable congregation or more than one congregation. Unfortunately, that town has been uh, served by men that didn't have the vision. There was nothing eating their lunch, there was nothing driving them. They were not hungry men. And uh, so they looking for a place. And, and then they were influenced by other such men that talked to each other and their expectation was low. It just hurts me to say things like that. It's sad when saints and situations are victimized by what I'm just referring to. Don't be that way. God will hold you accountable if you are. Praise God. So, consequently, they've had one pastor after another. Multiple pastors that are always... It's not good for churches. You... Paul said, wrote a letter, and he said, you don't have many fathers. He spoke of people that were, though you have 10,000 instructors. There's lots of instructors. But he said, not many fathers. But to have somebody come and, hey, this is my responsibility. I'm responsible. Is that all fun? No. Praise God. I've never pastored a church yet that uh, I didn't, that it was all fun. Amen. I went to pastor in Port Arthur, I mean Odessa in, in 1974. And it was the most ideal thing I've ever experienced. But there were three people that hopefully did not want me there. And uh, so I had never met them before. never I'd never seen them before. So I couldn't have ever wronged them. and But, I mean, they didn't mind expressing themselves two women that were sisters and um, so I wouldn't come to speak to them. Sometimes and I would always put my to hand shake hands. Sometimes they would shake hands with me and sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes sometimes just, you see put the hand behind the back and of course they were making themselves clear. So uh, I I um, when i teach my Sunday school class and so on. I, on the ground floor, they'd obey each other and keep their elbows going. And I was teaching and a lot of talking behind the hands and so on. Well, in case you hadn't caught on to it yet, I'll give you a little tip. There are some people that in the process of teaching and preaching, it's better never to look at and you look over him. you look to the right you look to the left there's not too much inspiration to be gained there <laughs> so so this, this continued the man uh, he would shake hands with me I would shake hands with him and I would always hug him and he would hold himself stiffly and still till that was over. And um, I would always tell him, I love you. And he had always a bad answer. He said, is that right? And um, so, when, as time went on, uh, the two women, One of the sisters, she changed. And she moved away from her sister. And she worshiped and uh, listened. But the other woman, she continued in her mode. But one day I was teaching Sunday school one Sunday. And I didn't have her in mind at all. It was just God. Oh, to be wrapped up in God. Just flow. Let's all say flow. 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 Love flow. And I was teaching, and I got to crying. And I just I just felt the impulse. I just was no point in it, but it's what I felt to do. I just started going around, putting my hand out, taking people's hands, face wet with tears, just simply say, I love you. And I want to spend eternity in heaven with you. And that's all. Pass on to next. Suddenly, I find myself standing before this woman. Sometimes she shakes hands, sometimes she doesn't. And so, without thought, I said, I love you. I don't want to spend eternity in heaven with you. I put out my hand and then suddenly thought, well, she may take my hand, she may not take my hand. But she took my hand. I took her hand and she looked up at me. And she saw wet tears on my face. I looked her fair in the eyes. She jerked her hand back. She jumped to her feet. Balled up her fist behind her head and screamed like a wildcat. And then she chung, she fell, just like a falling tree. Hit the floor with a thud. And uh, I just went around behind her. She was laying flat on the floor, and I slipped my fingers underneath her head. And I knelt there and dropped my tears on her upturned face. And I didn't say anything ever to her about what do you got against me and what, but she changed. After twenty years, the man changed. He is a very good friend of mine. I would trust him with anything. I want to tell you something, brethren: the Jesus way. Is always the best way. <clears throat> Let's sing the old song Love lifted me, Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Lifted me. Brethren, I want to say this to you. If you come to places of confrontation and so on, do you want to just have a fight and and so on? Whatever else, knock down, drag out, that you come out the winner. You can be the winner about that. Three of them. And I wanted every one of them. Praise God. Hallelujah. The good book said if we walk in the spirit we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. One of the lusts of the flesh is to be the top dog amen God allows mankind to operate by choice and earth and create a host of witnesses and create a judgment It'll be the jury that actually clear God. St. Augustine said, without God we cannot, and without us, God will not. It's impossible for us to know how intricately important we are to God. How much He staked on us when He created us. Important enough that He died in our stead. Us and God. are going to establish a kingdom that is beyond anything we could ever imagine. Shall we pray it again? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So, the ultimate goal of God is to colonize earth with heaven and to establish a visible territory by an invisible world. And his purpose? would be that that would be just as it is in heaven. The greatest crime that can be committed against any country is treason. For a country to trust a person with the right to represent them is the greatest form of trust possible. And God trusted man with the right to represent him. And Adam uh, sold him out. And treason was uh, was committed. And uh, his fall was an act of treason. And Adam lost. He lost his personal relationship with God. And he lost the kingdom. He lost the kingdom. And earth became the uh, territory of an illegal government. Uh, and... Satan had executed an earthy coup. And so to this time, you read the Bible, nothing has been said about heaven. Adam did not lose heaven. He lost the earth. And he lost his dominion over the earth. He lost his place. There is a place that God has in mind for you. He's looking at it right now. You may or may not fulfill that place and step into it. There are some people who judge themselves unworthy of particular situations. God wished for them to be there, but they didn't. I think of Peter who had so much likelihood and was more spiritually sensitive than any of the apostles. And it was the best chance that Jesus had of the twelve at that time. And so, in fact, when Jesus waited for an answer there, and when the Lord said quietly, but who do you say that I am? The racing mind of the ex-fisherman. Leaped ahead of everyone else and it buried like a shot arrow from his lips. And he said, I say that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. So this sealed Jesus' decision. Perhaps it was a sm- smile. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to Simon, but my Father, which is in heaven. And I say that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I build my church. The gates of hell prevail. So he took what he had. God always does that. And he did the best that he could having to work with the propensity of man with ego and what else, that Peter would be that man. Successes, yes. Shadow, healing people, and so on so courageous at times so brilliant in execution on occasions but there was a weak spot and it came out that day when the angels led him out of jail and his old buddy James had just had his head cut off a few days before and the purpose was after after easter your head's coming off just a few days of celebration here we'll get to you. And then the angels let him out. So he goes with the prayer meeting that night and he tells the, um, the uh, people uh, tell James that uh, I'm out of here. James was a half brother of Jesus Christ and in effect Uh, take care of it James and Peter disappeared and he was gone 12 years and we don't know for sure where he was some said he went to Babylon some said he went to Rome where did he go we don't know next place he shows up is in Antioch and he comes in Listen, you can lose a lot, you know. Here he comes back. He was the leader of this thing. Here he comes walking in after twelve years and so on. Be careful about your decisions. If they're driven by anger, by self feeling of self preservation, hot headed. Judgments are sad, sad situations. It's a good thing to learn how to keep your mouth shut. Amen. To pray about things. I want to tell you something. Sincerely, brethren, the Jesus way is always the best way. Amen. The Jesus way is always the best way. You can lose so much in just a little while. So he's going to church in Antioch, and there he is. There's two churches in Antioch. One is a Gentile church, one a Jew church. He goes to the Gentile church, no problem, and um, goes to the Jew church, no problem, and uh, everything's fine until some hard-nosed guys comes up from Jerusalem they got blood in their eyes and they bluff him down boy and so he starts up he takes a really defensive position and so Paul's there and Paul simply said in another one's letter said I withstood him to his face I just got up in his face because he was to blame. I said, well, one cotton picket minute, brother. And uh, we're, not, we're not going that way. Yes, sir. Well, then it, then the only thing to do is let's go to Jerusalem. Let's bring some third mediation in here. We went to Jerusalem. During this intervening time, Peter has the time to think things over. Get down to Jerusalem, he hears augurs, statements, and wow, light dawns on him again. He makes a very brilliant, wonderful, good statement in Jerusalem, and it was right. And he puts it together and makes a good summation and so on. He's not the chairman of the meeting. James is chairman of the meeting. And uh, James didn't let him by with it. So when James, he made his own summation and said, that, in other words, this is, seems to be the consensus here. He had this to say. It's his Simon has said, Simon. He hung it on him. Thou shalt no longer be called Simon. Simon, the reed of the tidal flat that flops this way when the tide comes in, flops that. Rock. What a difference between the reed and the rock. And Jesus says, I want, this is what I want to make you. And he tried. What is God trying to make out of you? What is he trying to do with you and through you? What particular situations is he trying to put into you right now? What kind of a husband are you? Praise God. What does your wife really think about you? How honest are you really? Are you really real? Praise God. Simon has said. And so Twelfth chapter, Second Corinthians, Paul tells us about it. I was caught up in the third heaven whether in the body out of the body or no not. I heard words that was not lawful for man to utter. Here this fella that looked like was behind time that had never walked upon this earth to the side of Jesus. Come up here. We'll need some catch-up time. I'll give you a crash course. Amen. Let me show you how. what we want what I'd like to do. And Paul says, I can't tell you about it all. It's it's confidential, some of it. Amen. So I did one of those things that I often do in my weakness and I started talking about this little city not too far from where I live. There are such possibilities for a good church. A man goes there as a pastor. And and I want that. I'd like to see the church there that God wants there. And that could be there. I know someday the right man is going to go there. And he's, he's just going to let God do it. He's going to settle in. If you ask to get a job, you'll get a job. And he'll just settle in and he'll he'll just do the right thing and he'll keep on doing the right thing. And God'll take care of the rest. So it was a preacher's meeting and I uh, introduced myself to the pastor, new pastor. I was not the superintendent, but I cared. And I said, let's step over here. I said, uh, my, we're glad to have you in the district. I want you to come down to Odessa and visit with us at times. Give us a call. If anything we can do to help, let us know. Glad you're here. Great possibilities there, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, it's right there. Let me let me tell you something I've observed and put me in on shore." show. I've observed always that if a man will grow and keep on growing, that in time things always grow around him. Praise God. And if you do that, if you grow, keep on growing. Let's all say dominion. Dominion, let's say it again. Dominion, let's say it again. Dominion, replenish the earth. Take care of it. Be a producer. I'm a creator. I want you to be a creator. Praise God. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. And I believed what I told the man, and I was so sincere. Before the meeting was over, I was a little surprised, not all surprised, when a man, and I want to speak disparaging of him, because I believe if you saw that man today, and you'd ask him, what do you think about J.T. and so on, he would tell you, he's my friend. And I would tell you, I'm his friend. I would do it anything i could for him i love him i just do does he have some limitations yes is he a close buddy and so on you hang out with no listen there are some brethren i love i would do anything i could for to be say they are close bosom friend no we don't have. Would perhaps if we worked at it for several years, we could put something together. We had the time, so. So often you don't have the time it would take. You're not going to be their enemy. You're always going to be the friend or a helper there, but. You're not going to get yourself bruised up, and you're not going to create attention. And so the simplest thing is, it's just. Stay away. Praise God. Amen. I'm talking about good common sense. We're not talking about, he's my enemy. Listen, when it gets to the place that everybody's got to say it just like you say it, got to cross the T just like you do, or they my end? Don't do it that way. Don't do it that way. now I'm going to show you how carnal I am and so on but I have made my own living since I was 13 years old and so on I can't be nobody's little boy I'd be their brother yeah and I don't want nobody to be my little boy I'm going to respect them enough to give them leeway to feel comfortable in my presence. Do I agree with everything everybody says? No. I pastored a church one time in a town. My neighboring pastor was a hardworking man, a very hardworking man. And he was a very creative, very imaginative, and very capable and did a good work and built a great church. He was abrupt at times, et cetera, et cetera. So, sometimes it, it, he would bump into other preachers and they would kind of get a gig at him and come around knowing he was a neighboring pastor so want to pick up some information <laughs> and so since so neighboring what and said, my answer was this you know what I think we need to do with brother so-and-so Oh what and they'd brighten up boy we're fixing to yeah, yeah. reap some benefit here yeah. I said I think we need to give him a good letting alone <laughs> I said do you know why? Oh, a little disappointed now. You know. I said, You know how he pastors that church? No. I said, He pastors that church in the context of his personality. I said, Do you know of any other way he could pastor that church? I said, That's the way I've always pastored in the context of my personality. Praise God. Don't try to put everybody, my friend, in the same thing. Glory. You may know of a brother that really needs a good letting alone. Will do that. Leave him alone. Help him anytime he needs help, any way you can. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. hallelujah so this state of conflict erupted and um, so the Lord let it be known in fact the Lord told the devil said this woman has has that you have deceived and this woman that you used I want you to know she's going to be your undoing Then you're going to be changed and the product of this woman is going to crush your head and uh, I want you to know Lucifer I'm going to win this game so the Lord Gained legal right to the earth by uh, becoming a man himself. Yes, sir. And uh, now he has uh, a right here. And uh, he walked among men. So Luke, the 12th chapter, verse 32, says, Fear not, little flock, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Give you the kingdom. And another place he said. We shall reign with him. Upon that new earth. Jesus told us about a boy. That went away from home. And the mentality of that boy. He was warped. By. Tenure in the pig pen. <clears throat> and finally he came home. And he had the. Pick pen mentality. And his words were, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make this one of your hired servants and so on. And so his father's answer was, bring the ring, which was a symbol of authority. Bring the coat, which covers everything. Put it on him. I'm talking today to anybody here that's got the pig pen mentality, because maybe you stumped your toe somewhere. So, but that doesn't mean it's the end of the game. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. You keep was the fact that it was populated by. People very very intelligent from um, Portugal, I believe, and they they had good industry. They were articulate. They were readers. They were writers, and they had a a good civilization on that island. Everything went fine. Until somewhere along the line, there came people that began to talk about danger about the enemy that was going to take them down and destroy them and so they began to build fortifications that they did not need but they built them and then to scare them off and so on they began to build these images and huge it took so many hours it took much time it took lots of lumber to do all of this and the island was stripped of its trees and so on and so an island that was self sufficient so it became impoverished and after many years what was left was found hovering hunkering in caves they could not read the writing which their ancestors had Written on these walls of these caves, and they didn't understand the images that were drawn there. They uh, were cowering back in the darkness, and they could not read. They could not write, and actually, perhaps had practiced cannibalism. And the core of it all was fear. The Bible says, fear hath torment. That's a bad thing. I'd say here today is an old man, I was preaching before there was a United Pentecostal Church. I attended my first district conference, Louisiana District Conference in 1938. And that district conference was held in uh, West Monroe, Louisiana. It was in a little block building. The floor was dirt. And there was one row of lights down the middle. And uh, the benches were slats. Louisiana district conference. I know how many preachers were there. I counted them. There were 30 at Louisiana District Conference in 1938. So, a year or two ago, I was asked to come back and participate in a leadership training of the leadership of the church there in West Monroe. The leadership was taken out of town for the training session, taken to Natchitoches. So we had a week of training there in Natchitoches. And so I was scheduled to be in West Monroe for the weekend service. Driving back with the pastor down the highway, he suddenly said to me, that's where you'll be preaching tomorrow. And I looked over to tremendous cluster of buildings. X number of acres, he said. 32, I believe. So, Great crowd of people. So I just said, you know, I weakly said, you know, I remember my first time here. Little block building, you know. That block building would still wouldn't be standing, but it. Yes, sir. He said. Matter of fact, it is. I said, could you take me to it? Oh my we drove up there. Yes, sir. I recognized it. Little used to make people used to make their own concrete blocks. You see, had block machines, and uh, there she was. Come a long way. If we got any fray to catch here today? Amen. We got some fear mongers here today. Come off of that. Let's pray that prayer. Our Father, Our Father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I just finished, well, last year I did, a book that was sizable thickness. Simply was the history of Ireland. The last verse in that book I will never forget. I read it. it. It was bloodshed all through. It was failure. It was this. It was chaos. It was dismal situations. So the concluding verse simply said, Ireland has no future. Ireland only has a past That is repeated again and again and again. To the young men here today, I want to say to you that God does not want you to be content to manage the dreams of the dead. Praise God. The statement of the first in the first sermon of the Apostolic Church was, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. And I tell you what, I can't believe. I will not believe, not at least for myself. I'm not gonna be dreaming some old dream about the past. I'm gonna be dreaming about the past. I appreciate the past. came by that sign out here on the highway, Highway 171. I told the brothers driving us, I, I remember when this was a gravel road. Gravel road from here to Shreveport, Louisiana. Praise God. A lot of water going under the bridge, you know. But, man, that's yesterday. In Korea, north of the reservoir Pam Yujang, American Marines were surrounded by the enemy and there was no hope. It was bitterly cold. They had taken casualties. Their buddies' bodies were frozen stiff. They had t- picked them up and strapped them to the turrets of their tanks. And the captain said, We're going to attack to the rear. We're going to shoot our way out at X number of hours. We need to find something to eat and eat. And then we're shooting our way out of here. The K rations were frozen. But they opened the cans and did their bayonets and dug the frozen stuff out of the cans. Put it into their bearded lips. And a newspaper reporter happened to be there and he moved among them and asked simply a question. If you ask for something, made a wish, what would you wish for if you got one wish? We're gonna be leaving here in a little bit. We're starting the engines on the tank. We're gonna shoot our way out. What would your wish be? The answer of an old marine was chomping icy ration, lifting it with the point of his bayonet. I never forgot. What would, my, what would I wish for? Yeah. My wish is give me tomorrow. Ireland has no history. Only a past. And she's repeated over and over again. Big difference to the people that face even an uncertain, hostile future perhaps, and simply says, give me tomorrow. When I think about the future of the United Pentecostal Church, I must go to the men who have the tomorrows. I don't have many more days. I don't know how long a man lived past 84 I know this friend that everyone that this old man lives I'm going to live it to the hilt my wife is almost an invalid I bathe her I dress her I tuck her in at night We're still sweethearts. Hey. I'm always touching her. I pet her. I don't know how many times a day I say to her, I love you. Hey. Praise God. Oh, old worldly song. Who's that walking down the street? Who's that looking nice and neat? That's my baby. Yes, sir. Don't mean maybe. That's my baby now. <laughs> well, and that's some funny way to end us sermon. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. I've enjoyed this time with you. God bless you. Praise God.
1: Amen. Let's stand and thank the Lord for what we just heard, shall we? Amen. Let's really Thank him and open our hearts in Jesus' name. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Praise God. There is no earthly way you could put a price tag on what you just heard. No way. Brother Eddings and I and Brother Godwin, different ones, have discussed at great length the need for young men to have the ability to be impacted by men like Brother Pugh, Brother Ewing, and others that um, an old proverbial statement is that they have corn in the crib. Had a young man tell me the other day, he said, uh, my generation needs to be heard. My generation needs to be heard. And uh, I said, well, what are you going to tell us? What are you going to tell us? And uh, I, I, just, I just stand amazed here today. Amen. I really do. I stand amazed. When he gets into that kingdom stuff, I just, what a revelation. The quickest, one of the best things you can learn is that the church is what is called a prophetic community. It is the future brought into the present. It's God's rule, his reign, his authority, his dominion. From future. That's the reason why Jesus told him, He said, when you go preach, you just simply preach that the kingdom is here, repent. And then He said, I want you to heal the sick, cast out devils, raise the dead. Because in that great future kingdom, there is no sickness, there is no death. And so the church preaches. These things we call miracles simply because we bring the future into the present to give the world enough glimpse of what that future kingdom will look like so they'll want to go. That is the purpose of the church, is to give the world a glimpse of a future kingdom. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And that's why we can emphatically, somebody asked me that I believe it was the will of God for everybody on the earth to be healed. I said, not right now. Until Satan is bound a thousand years, it's not going to happen. But God did purchase it. And God wants us to get glimpses of it and to see it now enough to know what that world's going to look like and give us a little glimpse of what that world's going to look like. That is the purpose of the church is to image the kingdom and God to a present world so that there would be something pricked in the heart of man to want to go to that kingdom and be a part of it. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Elder. I am I'm indebted to you. Amen. I told y'all last night he I one of the one of the messages, Brother Pew, that I can remember vividly is stars you've never seen. Oh my Lord. Anointed but not blessed. Playing, what is it? Playing the composition of life in a minor key. On and on I could go. I mean if I could find a JTP tape, i just I like to eat, but I'd rather have that than a Big Mac. Amen. And I I'm just honored he's here, I really am. Let's take a break here. You ready to take a little break? We, uh, we're just a minute or two ahead of schedule, but I think you're probably ready to take just a break here. And we'll, um, we'll be scheduled to be back at 1 o'clock. So just stay close. And, and uh, the church has provided a lunch for you back here in the fellowship hall. And they're going to come back, and it's round two. Amen. Yeah, you ready for round two? Praise God. Everybody said amen. All right, God bless you. Let's sneak in the back here. Well, we don't have to sneak. We can walk in the light. My God, have mercy. My brain's swimming.